Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. his faithful valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, A Pair of Nylons, the Green Hornet strikes again. Michael Axford, reporter on the Daily Sentinel, sat stiffly behind the wheel of his old car as he drove along through the heavy downtown traffic on his way to the Sentinel building. When suddenly... Uh, Suffering snakes. Something must have happened. Look at that crowd. Uh, get out and see what it's all about. Uh, <laughs> all right, ladies. How about the curb there? Come on, now. That means over here you're blocking traffic. Hey! Hey, officer, what happened here? Hey, big boy, stop your shoving, will you? Lady, I'm not shoving, and I have as much right here as you. Hey, girls, look who's in the line. Oh, what a sight he'll be in a oh, pair of nylon. Pony <laughs> Coe, is that what it's all about? <laughs> what do you think it was, expert? <laughs> a front-page story for the Sentinel? <laughs> Wait till I tell the boys you were lined up to buy nylons. Oh, oh, oh is that so now? Well, just to show you, I'll stay right in this line till I do get to buy a pair. Now, what do you think of that? Good morning, Casey. Axford, I'm going to lock you out of this office if you can't learn not to slam that door. Lock me out, you say? Aha, Casey, you better think twice about that. Uh, Look, got a present for you. A present for me? Yep. Here, take the bag and open it. Hey, I don't get this. Must be some kind of a joke. And if it is Mike Axford, so help me out. Why, it's a pair of hose. Nylons, that is. Nylons? Oh, Axford, that's wonderful. <laughs> sure, I thought you'd like them. <laughs> Believe me, Cassie, I stood in line with a bunch of crazy women just to get them for you. Oh, oh but why did you do that for me, Michael? Oh, after all... Well, now, I was coming to work this morning, I spotted a big line of women pushing and shoving to get some nylons. So I says to myself, I'll surprise Casey and get her a pair. So there they are. They're the best, too. Cost top price. That they did. It was sweet of you to do it, Michael, and I do appreciate it. But I still want you to remember, don't... Yeah, I know. Don't slam the door when I go out. <laughs> oh... The following afternoon, Lenore Case was in the office of Britt Reed, young publisher of the Daily Sentinel, taking dictation. 
Furthermore, it has always been the policy of the Daily Sentinel to... Hi, Reed. Hi, Katie. Oh, what's the use? I tell him time and time again not to burst in here when we're it's busy and... It's all right, Miss Case. Forget it. Say, no, Katie. Ain't you wearing them nylon stockings I got you? Those you have on look kind of wrinkled. Well, to tell the truth, Axford, I am wearing the hose you gave me. Well, they're definitely not nylons. Not nylons, you say? That's right. I washed them out last night before wearing them, and this is the result. Now, they're a cheap grade of rayon treated to look like nylons until they're washed. I hated to tell Great you... Great St. Patrick. I've been gypped, that I have. <laughs> What's this all about? Axford got in one of those nylon lines yesterday to get me a pair. He thought he bought nylons, but, well, as I said, they aren't. <laughs> Well, maybe the store made a mistake. Oh, I don't know about that, Mr. Reed. When I first saw the hose, I thought they were nylons, too. It wasn't until I rinsed them out that I knew they weren't. Holy crow. It's a racket, that's what it is. Could be, Axford. I want you to go back to that store and tell them about this. Of course, they may not know what they're really selling. I'll soon find out. Soon I'll go right down there now and face them down with it. And what's more, I'll get me money back or else... An hour later, Mike Axford hurried into the city room at the Sentinel, where Britt Reed was conferring with Gunnigan, the city editor. Reed, I've been to your office looking for you. What's up, Axford? Well, from the look on his face, I'd say he'd lost a good story to the clarion. Oh, is that so now? <laughs> well, for your information, I'll have you know I did lose one buck and 85 cents. Now you won't eat for a week, I guess. Ah, uh, <laughs> take the money, I mind. It's the way I lost it that rise me, Gunnigan. Are you still talking about those holes you bought for Miss Case? Yeah. That I am, Reed. I got took in by a racket, just like I said. What did you find out at the store? That's just it. It was just a hole in the wall place. And when I went back there a while ago, it was locked up. Nothing inside but a few empty glass cases. That will teach you to deal in the regular stores, expert. You can be sure they're reliable. Ah, that guy will go in anywhere to get a bargain. Then he yells every time he gets stung. Listen here, you. I don't have to take that from him. Skip Uh, it. I was just thinking. The people selling those hoes yesterday must have taken that small place just for the day. To take advantage of the great demand for nylons. Reed, I'm going out every day and hop into every lineup for nylons that I come across. And when I meet up with the little pin-headed guy that told me them phonies, I'll have him run into cops' headquarters quick as a wink. That I will. The point-sized little shrimp. Say, maybe you'll get a good story on the racket at that, Mike. Go ahead, see if you can run him down. Go to it, Oxford. And good luck. <laughs> For two days, Axford wandered about the city, hunting for lineups in front of small shops. He found several and pushed inside to get a look at the salespeople, but each time he was disappointed. It was late afternoon of the second day that Axford shuffled along in a line that led into a very small shop, the window of which was plastered with nylon hose signs. Soon he was inside and approached the counter. Okay, mister, you're next. One pair to a customer. What's the size? Oh, uh, I've uh, changed my mind. Uh, I guess I don't want to buy it. Here's the last case, Mabel. Get rid of these and close the doors. Okay, Harry. Now move them out as fast as you can. You ain't kidding. My feet are killing me. All right, mister, if you don't want any, move on. There's others waiting, you know. Oh, I've changed my mind again. I'll take a pair. Any size will do. (laughs) That's a hot one, any size, he says. (laughs) Okay, mister, any size it is. First pair I laid my hands on. There you are. $1.85. $1.85. Right. There it is. $1.85. Had the right change already, eh? Thanks. Next. Come on, lady. It's your turn. Now I'll step just outside and wait till they leave. Then I'll follow them. Be time enough to call the cops when I find where they hide out. I'll get them this time. 
Here's your change, lady. Thank you. Well, Harry, that's the last one. Good. Sorry, everybody. That's all we have. Outside, everybody. Hey, I've been standing here for two hours. Sorry, we don't have any more. We can't oh, sell them to you. You'll have to go now. We're closing up. I'm sorry. That's all. Hurry up, Harry. Let's get out of here. Yeah, get the door out of the register. And... Come here, Mabel. What's the matter? Look, out there, that fat, dopey-looking guy. <laughs> yeah, he's dopey, all right. He's the guy bought appearance at any size would do. So that's the guy, huh? I don't like the way he's hanging around outside. Looks like a flatfoot to me. Gee, Harry, do you, you think he's wise? He must be, or he wouldn't have bought the hose the way he did and, and hang around. Hey, you know, I just remembered, Harry. What? Well, first he said he didn't want any. Then when you came back with that last box, he, he stared at you funny-like and said he would take a pair. Besides, he had the right change in his hand, $1.85. Yeah, he's got a line on us all right. Harry, what are we going to do? Take it easy, kid. We'll have to work fast, but I have a plan. What is it? You slip out the back. Get the car and bring it to the curb out front, see? I'll go out the front way here. Then what? Just leave the rest to me, Mabel. I'll take care of the nosy flatfoot, but good. Meantime, Axford waited in front of the small shop. Finally, out of the corner of his eye, he saw the man coming out the front door. Axford turned and stared into the window of a nearby store. You're off key, buddy. More ways than one. Yeah. It's a loaded gun you feel in your back. So keep quiet. Holy crawl. Why do you You're smart, don't you? Well, I'm out of your game, see? You're going to come along with us right now. Oh, no, I'm not. I'll have you. Careful, Flatfoot. Hey, you knocked me hat off. Let me get my hat. There's your hat. <laughs> and if this gun goes off, it'll kick a bigger hole through you than I did through that derby. Uh, you know, let's talk this over, me good man. After all, I... Get going. Toward that car at the curb. Okay, okay. But you won't get away with this, you, you, you half-pint crook. Get in. You're sitting in the middle. This gun will be right in your side. Come on, fat boy. Snuggle up and enjoy the ride. <laughs> Fresh games get my goat. And you're one of them. Shut up, you. Okay, Mabel, get going. And fast. It was after dusk when Lenore Case entered Britt Reed's office. Yes, Miss Case? Well, Mr. Reed, Gunnigan's raving because Axford hasn't come back or phoned in. He was supposed to be back to take that political assignment, you know. Well, Axford knew about that. He usually comes back when he knows he has an assignment. Well, Lowry came in, so Gunnigan sent him out in Axford's place. Well, good. Lowry will handle it all right. Strange, though, Axford didn't call in. Well, I think so, too. Of course, he may have been delayed. I'll get it, Mr. Reed. Mr. Reed's office. Oh, is that you, Miss Case? Yes, it is. This is Burke at headquarters. Is Axford there? Axford? No, he isn't, Sergeant Burke. In fact, we were just talking... Really, talk I asked. One of our men picked up something belonging to Axford over on 10th Street. Well, just a minute, Sergeant. I'll let you talk to Mr. Reed. Sergeant Burke said that one of the policemen found something belonging to Axford over on 10th Street. Oh, I see. I'll talk to him. Hello, Sergeant Burke. What was it one of your men found? Hello, Mr. Reed. I called to say one of our men picked up Mike Axford's derby. He has his press card inside the hat band, you know. Axford's hat? Well, that's strange. Yeah. It had a hole in it 
like he'd been socked over the head or something. And lying beside it was a small paper bag containing a pair of women's stockings. Where were they found? In front of a hole in the wall joint on 10th, just off Water Street. You think anything could have happened to Axford? Oh, yes, I do. He was trying to run down a nylon hose racket. He must have caught up with him. Great day. I'll go right down and look that place over. Axford spoke of a small, undersized man with an oddly shaped head. Uh, pinhead is the word he used. Have your men look for a man of that description. Also, put out a description of Axford and make an extensive search. Sure, Mr. Reed. And we'll be on the lookout for that undersized guy. Good. I feel that unless we find Axford soon, Sergeant, he may not be found alive. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a moment. Britt Reed was visibly shaken as he put down the phone after talking to Sergeant Burke. For a moment, he sat staring at his desk. Then Lenore Case broke the tense silence. Mr. Reed, do you really feel that way about Axford? What do you mean? You just told Sergeant Burke that you felt Axford must be found soon. If he's to be found alive. I'm afraid Axford's in great danger, Miss Case. If he's in the hands of crooks running that nylon hose racket. Sergeant Burke says the police found Axford's derby lying beside a package containing a pair of hose. A derby was crushed in when they found it. Oh, well, that sounds as though he might have been hit on the head. Oh, I wish I'd never told him about the hose he gave me. Then he wouldn't have gone hunting for those racketeers. You did the right thing, so don't be upset about it. I'm going home. Keep me posted if you hear anything from police headquarters. Yes, sir. I'll stay a while in case they do phone. All right, Miss Case. Good night. Britt Reed went to his apartment where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet was waiting. The two men discussed Axford's disappearance. Will you go to a place on 10th Street to look for clue, Mr. Britt? No, Cato. The police are working on the case. They'll find any clue that they might have left. I told Burke how Axford described the men they're hunting for. They may turn up something. Well, what do we do? We'll wait till I get some word from headquarters. If they fail in the search... Then the Green Hornet will have something to think. I hope we hear from the police soon. Two hours passed by while Britt Reed and Cato waited impatiently for some news from police headquarters. Finally, the phone rang. Hello? Mr. Reed, this is Sergeant Burke. What have you found out? Plenty. When we searched that place on 10th Street... We found part of the wrapping that was used to hold the plain little bags they used to put the stockings in. Well? By means of that piece of wrapping, we traced the place where them bags came from. A wholesale paper house on Water Street. Good work. What else? We went there and found that 10,000 of them little bags had been sold to a funny-looking pint-sized guy who paid cash and didn't give his name. Well, that must be the man Axford was looking for. Sure. Well, we found out where the bags were delivered, Mr. Reed. To a small warehouse out on River Road about two miles out. We're going to go out and raid the place now. Sergeant, you and the force deserve a lot of credit for what you've accomplished so far. I'd like to be in on that raid. Okay, meet us out there in about 20 minutes. We'll bust that racket and find Axford at the same time. Right now, I'm more concerned about Axford. Sure, I know. We'll see you out at the warehouse, Mr. Reed. So long. Goodbye, Sergeant. Cato, you wait here. The police may settle this without the aid of the Green Hornet. But if they don't, 
I may have to call you to meet me with the Black Beauty. Oh, yes, sir. I'll be here ready. Where you go now? To be on hand when the police raid a certain warehouse on River Road. And I sincerely hope they find Axford safe and sound. Brett Reed took his regular car and drove out River Road until he came to the warehouse Sergeant Burke had mentioned. He parked a short distance back, and within a few minutes, two police squad cars drew to a stop behind him. That you, Mr. Reed? Yes, Sergeant. We're going to move in on him right now. Good. I'll come along. You stay behind in case there's any shooting. You're not used to mixing up with crooks like we are. Well, I'll be careful. All right, boys. Let's close in. All right, sir. In a very big place. I can see light shining through the cracks in the shutters. Have your guns ready, all of you. All right, sir. Take it easy now. Here's the door. Just an old wooden one. It'll be easy to bust in if it's locked. When I give the word, we'll bust right in. We're ready, Sarge. Okay. Now! Get him up, all of you! Mr. Three of you, huh? You can't catch That's enough out of you. Boys, take them other two to headquarters. Cassidy, you stay here with me while I ask this mug a few questions. Right. Oh, yeah? Look at all them bags stacked there. And I'll bet those cartons on the other side contain ladies' stockings. Bring them over here, Cassidy. Okay, sir. But still don't see you got anything on us. Here's one of the cartons. See what's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Stockings, just like you said. Sure. Phony nylons are in this, my guess. We'll test them at headquarters. So what? Maybe they are phony, but that don't... Shut up, you! Where's that half-pint guy who runs this racket? <laughs> Never heard of him. I just work here, and the other two are new helpers, see? So you can't get any information. Look, you, I got plenty to ask you, and I'm staying right here to get the answers. Well, Sergeant Burke. Oh, Mr. Reed. Well, we got the three that were here, but it's easy to see the one we went wanting around. Well, I know. I think I'll go on back to town now. I'll meet you at headquarters later. Have to give the news to the paper. Sure, okay, Mr. Reed. I'll do a little drilling on this mug, then we'll take him to headquarters. See you later. Yes, Sergeant. I'll see you later. Britt Reed drove along the road toward town until he came to a gas station where there was a phone booth. He put through a call to Cato and was soon giving him instructions. Come as fast as you can on the Black Beauty. I'll be parked on a dirt road to the left, just beyond the Red Top gas station on River Road. Oh, yes, sir. I'll be there in short time. I'll be waiting. Hurry. You made good time, Cato. Where are your car, Mr. Britt? I headed back along this dirt road. While you drive me out to the old warehouse on River Road, I'll put on the Hornet disguise. Get going. We haven't much time. Arriving in the vicinity of the small warehouse, Britt Reed was relieved to see that the squad car was still there. He and Cato parked the Black Beauty in the shadows a short distance behind. Then they went on foot to the squad car and crouched down behind it. Burke is still inside with that racketeer. The other two can't tell anything, I'm sure of that. The man Burke is questioning inside won't tell. He's the one we want. Well, you think he knew where a small man is who'll take Axford away? Yes, I do think so. 
Anyway, that's what I'm going to find out if I can. Are they coming now? Yes. I'll stay on the offside of this car till I say the word. He's got a phone at the place, all right, but he don't trust anyone with a number. You know where the place is? Sure, but... Then I... don't be a fool. Tell me where to go, and I'll take you there to warn him. You mean you don't know where he hides, Harry? Look, I'm the Green Hornet. When we had business to discuss, the little boss always came to one of my hideouts. I've never been interested enough to care where he hid out. Lights are sure... If police catch him, it's too bad. Right. That little guy has some big plans for better rackets. But if he's caught, he might squeal about a killing or two. Say, I better show you where to go. Better warn the boss. Keep going straight. farmhouse set back from the main road, the short man, Harry, and the girl, Mabel, were talking, while Axford, bound hand and foot, watched them from a nearby cot. Hey, Harry, I don't see the sense in having Fat Boy with us like this. Can't we get rid of him? Mabel, I have a reason for keeping him with us. He was wise to the racket. Maybe he'd talk. Sure I did. And when the cops find you, there's... Oh, shut up, will you? Uh... (laughs) You see, Mabel, if the cops should find us, we can threaten to shoot this fat dope if they close in. After we make a getaway, we'll settle with him for snooping on our racket. Ah, uh, you dirty little half-pipe. If you hadn't had a gun, you and that dame would never have got me. I'd have shot that funny-shaped head of yours off your shoulders. You big windbag. Half-pint, am I? Oh. Oh. Hey, now the big stuff is passed out. What'd you do that for, Harry? I... It must be Spike. I didn't hear a car drive up. With the noise that big lug was making, what'd you expect? Open the door. Hey, Harry, I'm coming. Get inside. Hey, what the? Take some of this, Spike. Come across it. Yes. The Green Hornet. I'll give you something. Don't scare me easily. Get up the gun. Hold it. I don't think so. I'm sick of you, short stuff. Oh, that gun or I'll bite your hand off. Do not bite. I think not. I got gun now. 
She's a fine specimen of what a lady doesn't look like. And a lady never bites. What do you know about a lady, you... Here, sleep this off, Blondie. <laughs> Here's Axford. He's out cold, but okay. We'll tie these three up and untie Axford. Then you can phone the police. Later that night at police headquarters... And then, believe it or not, I got real sore. Busted the cards that bound me and wiped up the floor with the big guy in half pint. And the girl fainted from fright. <laughs> Is that so, Mike? Funny you waited all that time to get real sore, huh, Mr. Reed? <laughs> it's amazing to me how he did it. <laughs> amazing is right. Especially since he forgets we found the hornet seals on the foreheads of both them racketeers. Oh, them? <laughs> That's funny now. I, I just can't for the life of me figure out how those seals got there. Maybe you've suffered a slight touch of amnesia. Huh? Oh, stop kidding, Reed. <laughs> the truth is I've suffered because of a pair of nylons. <laughs> now ain't that something? Did you get it, Clicker? And how? Thanks, Jennings. You saved us the trouble. Put the cuffs on him. Okay, Doyle. Listen, officer, it's a mistake. I wasn't supposed to be here. Tell it to the judge, Kruger. Don't listen to him. He's in as deep as me. I tell you, the Green Hornet brought me and Slagle here. Sure he did, and a good job, too. The Green Hornet. Is that why you got the tip, Jennings? Yeah, and it worked smooth as clockwork. Trust the Green Hornet for that. So the Green Hornet's responsible for this, eh? Well, that's the first good thing he ever did. Listen, Sergeant, the Green Hornet's okay, see? No matter what people say, he's one guy I'm going to believe in from now on. Sutlo, XP, Sutlo! Hornet smashes gasoline racket! Slago under arrest! Sutlo, Pepper! Gasoline operators freed from racket rule! Green Hornet still at large! Sutlo, Thank you.
The story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Green Hornet Incorporated. This has been a RadioClassics.com presentation. Programs are copyright their respective owners. All rights reserved.